Welcome to the Scrum.org Community Podcast, a podcast from the home of Scrum. In this podcast, we feature professional Scrum trainers and other Scrum practitioners sharing their stories and experiences to help learn from the experience of others. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Scrum.org Community Podcast. I'm your host, Dave West, CEO here at Scrum.org. Today's podcast, uh, I'm really excited about it, not just because of the topic, but also because we've got a fellow Brit on the podcast, but we're talking to Helen Swift from Simply Health, a UK-based health solutions provider um, based in the United Kingdom. And she's going to be sharing with us um, her Scrum and Kanban journey. Welcome to the podcast, Helen. Hello and welcome. Great to have you here from uh, from sunny England. Um, bef- before we start on the actual um, content, let's talk a little bit about yourself. So please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and where you're speaking to us from, Helen. Hi, yeah, so I'm Helen Swift and I'm speaking from the UK, as you mentioned. Uh, I'm in the lovely Andover in Hampshire. And yeah, and it's a lovely sunny day at the moment, which is been early. And though my experience since I moved uh, to the United States, England has suddenly become a lot more sunny. And I don't know if they're linked. Uh, I hope, hopefully, hopefully not. But uh, (laughs) Andover is a beautiful part of the world. Um, Okay, all right. So let's jump straight in. So tell me a little bit about Simply Health's agile journey, uh, and then we can start talking a little bit more about Kanban. Yeah. So. Initially, we used to work waterfall, so it, it, it was very traditional, very project-led. Um, I would say this was some time ago now, probably eight years ago, and that still continued to a certain extent. Uh, we slowly started to move into the world of Agile and starting to appreciate the benefits of working Agile. Um, and very recently, we've become more product-led So really focusing on the product and not just that whole typical, we're running a project, it's going to run for two years, three years, however it may be. And um, whether we're happy with the results at the end of that two or three years, I mean, it's hard to say, isn't it? Whereas the agile way of working really focuses on the kind of the short bursts of work. So we get to a certain point, are we happy, are we confident with what we've got, what we've achieved? If we're not, then let's start again, let's tweak it maybe, and let's kind of move forward. So yeah, that, that's pretty much um, where our journey started and how we've progressed. But I'm, I'm pleased to say that the Agile way of working has, has definitely supported us. It, it's helped to um, in, improve our, our way of working for sure. And so you were predominantly using Scrum. You transitioned slowly from Waterfall to a sort of Scrum-based approach. Yeah. And those Scrum teams now increasingly are aligned to the products that uh, uh, Simply Health provides, right? Yeah, so it's, it's all about benefiting our customers and getting value from our products. So that, that's our, our goal. Yeah, and so by aligning those teams with clear, um, good product goals connected to the customer in those sort of product areas, you can improve that, improve that cycle. Absolutely. So, okay, so, you know, you're using Scrum, you're aligning your product teams. So what brought you to Kanban? What, 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 what happened, what happened that, you know, sort of brought you to this different 
complementary would we would argue way of working Helen. yeah so we were working both kanban and scrum dependent on the teams we've got a lot of teams uh in in our department a lot of scrum teams um but what we were finding is that specifically we weren't able to complete in many cases the tickets in our sprint so we, i'm sure this is quite common for for many different companies have experienced this we'd plan all our work in, we'd be running our sprints, and then we would find at the end of the sprint that we would have multiple tickets that would move into the next sprint. So I wanted to look for a way to, put, to, to reduce those amount of tickets that would move across. And what I found was that um, with the benefits of Kanban, uh, where you've got the, the better visualization of the board and the reduced uh, work in progress, is that the focus was more on the completion of the tickets, which was really what was missing when we were working sprints. So we would continue on with our work. The devs would bring, I say devs, it should be the development team members um, because I'm including the testers with that as well. Um, they would bring tickets onto the board. They would come into in progress. They'd work on them and they might be blocked. Um, or for some reason they would bring in another ticket so then you'd find that more and more tickets were piling up in progress and that was what we found we'd come to the end of the sprint and we'd have so many tickets in progress but fewer tickets actually completed so looking at that what what can we do I can see the benefits of Kanban in other in other um, teams as I mentioned the visualization of the board reduction and work in progress um, but having the planning really helped us as well uh, having the sprint goal so we were aligned in line into that product goal so I was doing a bit of research come across scrum.org's um, PSK training and I thought that sounds like it could work for us and it progressed from there really that sounds awesome it, it is interesting that you know in a sprint it, it's so easy to get so focused on just doing the work pulling more stuff from the backlog etc and, and you know even though you are effectively working towards a sprint goal it's you can become quite inefficient inside the sprint and you know pull up too much work, et cetera. And that sounds like something that happened to you all. So you, you learned a little bit about Kanban, started using it. What, how did it help? Was it really that it reduced the work in progress? You reduced the amount of tickets or issues or whatever that were leaving the sprint as it were, yeah. um, those sort of things. Were they some of the benefits, Helen? Yeah, so multiple benefits really. Um, we started working from right to left of the board, whereas initially we would work from left to right, we'd pull tickets in, and as I mentioned, a lot of those tickets would pile up then in in progress. So working from right to left means our focus was very much on the, kind of the testing, the end goal, the um, ready to deploy state. So our focus would be there, and if there are any tickets blocked, then we would jump on those tickets, and I think that's made one of the biggest differences. If we're unable to unblock a ticket, then we're unable to bring more tickets in. So it, it makes it much more important that we focus on getting that ticket unblocked. Um, uh, we also found that with a, a slight tweak to the board as well. Um, so for example, our columns 
they would be set up with a ready for test column. Um, in some cases, previously, some time ago, we would have a blocked column. So those columns weren't really doing anything. They weren't active columns, so to speak. So it was difficult then to reduce your work in progress with those columns in place because they were like a parking lot. So by removing those columns and focusing on just the three columns, really, which was to do in progress uh, test, then we were able to, to have better visualization of the board, clearly see what was on the board, clearly see any blockers and those tickets that focused on the sprint goal. So in that respect, yeah, it really helped. Um, the other thing as well is uh, identifying our aging tickets. So that was another tool I introduced um, and we were able to see if a ticket's been in there for seven days, for example, in a given sprint. Why is it still in that particular column? What can we do to help move that piece of work on? So that there's been many benefits, to be honest. Other, other things as well, we've moved on to breaking down tickets into smaller tickets so that we can actually get those tickets through to completion, which is, again, what we were struggling with before. You bring in a huge ticket, chances are it's not going to get complete in a sprint, and then it moves on to the next one and potentially could move on again into subsequent sprints. So by really breaking that, those tickets down, that, that's absolutely helped. That's awesome. My gosh, a lot of benefits there. I, I really like there's a couple of things that stand out. Uh, one is around this sort of it, it helped to get the whole team focused on. You talked about moving from right to left as opposed to left yeah. to right. Yeah. By getting the team all focused on that, you you get things done, really. Absolutely. And, and get, getting that sort of visualization, simplifying the board, putting in more things at track, how long things have been in progress, where, you know, sort of the, um, uh, in the class, there's this um, thing that we used to have a banana, you know, the fact that you get this sort of aging thing and a, like a banana skin gets browner the older oh, yeah, it gets. Yeah. I, I thought that was always, I can't help but now every time I look at an issue in Jira, I'm like, oh, where's how, 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 <laughs> how brown is that banana? Um, which is which is interesting. And then, you know, the power of whip work in progress. I think it is it's funny though, as human beings, I don't know if you find this, Helen, that we like it makes us feel good when we're starting lots of things. It makes us feel like we're really busy <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. But ultimately the more things you have in progress, the less likely any of those things will finish. And uh, I think there's loads of studies that show that. And, and using Kanban to effectively drive that um, is, is, is incredibly powerful. I think they're great messages. Yeah, I mean, we definitely found that. Um, what, what tended to happen was multiple tickets would be brought in. The developer would sit on multiple tickets. And then when the next developer went to grab a ticket, it wasn't next, necessarily the next prioritized ticket mm. because the previous developer was sat on multiple tickets. So then we weren't really focusing on the things that mattered the most. So it, it's really helped now um, when we've kicked off a sprint to not assign tickets to individuals either. It literally will be, they'll grab the top one in priority order, take that in, work on it, and only take one or two tickets in at most. And progress that right the way through before pulling another one in. 
Now, initially, one of the challenges I had back from one of the dev team members was, I can't pull any more tickets in, otherwise we'll uh, impact our um, WIP limit. Um, so, so what do I do? My response to that was just delve in, see if you can support another member of the team, see what you can do. If there's a blocker, help them unblock it, maybe pair programming, whatever you can do to really move that ticket along. Because at the end of the day, that's that's value to our customers, value to our business. That That is, that's a great message. I think the, 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 there's so much sort of individualism in industrial work practices, waterfall type practices that we want. Okay, so give me the ticket, I'll work on it. Well, I'm, I'm done and there's no more tickets. So I'm just gonna sit here. When you've got three or four teammates sitting there going, um, you know, I'm busy, I'm far too busy, I'm stuck, I need some help, but they don't want to say that. And you end up by making this explicit, you know, you, 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 you can create that environment and you get some side effects, like people learn stuff that they didn't oh, know before. They build yeah. stronger relationships, there's increased amount of trust. And, and also sometimes it's nice to work with others, you know, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we are human beings, that's awesome. So Lydia, you, you, you did talk a little bit about metrics for a second. Yes. Um, what sort of metrics are you starting to use? The classic Kanban metrics like throughput, et cetera, um, time? Yeah, yeah. It, it tends to be throughput. So we focus mainly on throughput. So the amount of tickets that are actually completed in each given sprint. Um, so uh, I have a, a, an average throughput for each of the teams. So we can understand roughly how much we're going to bring into this uh, into the sprint during sprint planning. I've actually found that very, very helpful because you can just look at your board. You can prep ahead. I generally uh, prep about two sprints ahead with the, with the teams. And we'll look at those tickets and think, OK, well, we've roughly got about 10, 11 in here. And, and if, if that's dependent on your average throughput, of course. Um, so we can pull those in. Uh, or we can look to see if there's any that we may need to, to push out. Um, what we don't want to do is overload our sprint. And that's something that's happened in the past. We've brought way too many tickets in. But having that, uh, the ability to understand on average, how many tickets we're likely to complete, i.e. our throughput, has really helped us. Yeah, I think there is a propensity for, I know I certainly do it, is to, my eyes are bigger than the be my belly, as it were. I think yes. that's an English expression <laughs> that I don't get to use very often, Helen, so I like to use that there. <laughs> or the, the Vegas buffet model, which is you run and you fill up this plate and you run off and, and then at the end, you know, halfway through, you can't eat it all. You're like, oh dear, wish I hadn't take that extra uh, crab leg or something. So there, there is a sort of natural, um, uh, sort of desire to do that. By having that data, you can clearly encourage better practices around Absolutely. consumption. Yeah, which, which again, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but it's a good gauge to be able to let us know. We, we complete about this amount each sprint. So let's pull that in and, and that hopefully will help us to complete those tickets right the way through. So tell me a little bit about the size of your stories or your tickets that come into your into your sprint are they all the same size are you using some right sizing uh -huh. yeah 
So yes, what we tend to do is keep our tickets uh, broken down. And so they generally tend to be around uh, a five and below. We don't bring anything in bigger than that. If it is bigger, we use the Fibonacci sequence, by the way, for story pointing. So for example, it was an eight, then we would look to break that down um, and bring it in a five or below. So whether that be a one, two, three, um, we tend to do a similar thing with our fives. So we will look at a five and I will always say to the squad, could we, sorry, I say squad, we use the term squad and team just yep. to make sure I don't confuse anyone. Um, we will look at the five and say, can we break it down that little bit more? Because the smaller the ticket is, the easier it is to complete. Um, so we make sure that there's a range of tickets coming in. We have we don't have a whole stack of fives. There's generally some ones in there, some twos, um, and maybe a couple of fives. So yeah, right sizing absolutely works. And that works with your throughput. What wouldn't work is if we brought in, say, I'll say our average throughput was 10, and we brought in 10 eights. I mean, the tickets are just too big to complete in a given sprint. It, it's just not going to work. So this, this I have found with the teams, it, it does work. So keeping those tickets smaller, keeping those numbers smaller, breaking down as much as we can. It's been a bit of a challenge at times. Initially, when we implemented this way of working, the, uh, the teams would say, oh, we can't break it down any further. Uh, and I quite often got that response. And I would say, well, why? What, what, what's preventing us from doing that? Oh, because it's just, it, it, it is what it is. So, um, okay, so what could we do? So can we pull the analysis out of it and break and break that down? Maybe we can, we can bring that in as a spike. What, what, what could we do? So when you start talking that through, we, we then come up with ways of, ah, yeah, actually, let, let's try that. So ways of actually making it work for us. So there is generally a way of breaking a ticket down. And so it, it does make it more manageable. And I also think that, that that conversation in itself is incredibly useful as well. Oh, so we break this down because it's so things become bloated. There's a lot yes. of assumptions that are made by everybody. And by making those assumptions very visible by having that conversation, you suddenly you discover that something that was maybe an eight or bigger, you know, is not you don't have to have all that stuff. Some of it's a nice to have. Some of it is additional. And we can actually make it a two or three and actually get the value that we were actually seeking. And the Absolutely. other stuff is something that we could put into a different yeah. ticket and have later. That's really, I think it's a really powerful, powerful message. So, all right. So we've adopted Kanban in, in, um, in your scrum teams. We've got that visualization, whip limit. You're starting to break work down. You're, you're driving a, a, um, a more effective process because of that. You're delivering more stuff. You're getting to done. So, so what's next, Helen? What's next yeah, for you? All? What is next? Well, very recently, uh, we moved over to what I would say proper story pointing. Um, initially, we were working in hours which uh, days I should say rather um, which I'm sure other companies um, do the same thing and I'm sure they have the same struggles with story pointing um, so that's something we have recently changed uh, and, and I feel that's made the world of difference because it's taken the pressure off of our um, dev team members because they would be looking at a ticket they'd say well we, we think it's two days work but we can't say for sure 
and that ticket would be brought in and it may be that it is going on and going on we're, we're into day three we're into day four and and then they're really struggling and then you get that pressure of then but we said it was going to be two days and the business thinks it's going to be two days and we're not going to get this delivered. So really wanted to move away from that approach and uh, move on to proper story pointing where we're actually looking at that piece of work and we're, we're thinking of it in not just the amount of time, i.e. the effort um, involved, um, but also the, the, the consideration of, of risk involved in that ticket, the complexity that goes with it as well. So that's something we've done recently and um, we, are, we have adopted across the business, which has really helped. So we're, we're nicely aligned there. The other thing that I would like to work on, which is in some of our teams, uh, there is a, a very much a, a mix of um, dev and test. And uh, quite often you will find that developers, they develop, the testers, they test. Um, so it's ensuring that we maximize our time within the sprint as much as possible. We're doing everything we can again to get those tickets through. So my focus really is what can we do to um, get some of our, our dev team members testing as well. I mean, it could be that the testers would write up the test scripts and so they do the prep and then the, um, the, the devs can actually start looking at that and, and supporting our testers a bit more because we do have more devs than we do testers. So we've got a bit of an imbalance there. Again, I, I think that's quite common as well. Um, so it's just finding a way, other ways to progress that work on. Other, um, other things as well we're focusing on is automation, which will obviously make a big difference as well, that will reduce a lot of the manual testing. Um, so again, so that, that's another key focus right now for our teams. That sounds awesome. I have to say, if you ever want test automation to happen, the best way of getting it to happen is to hand over testing to developers because the last thing they want to do is testing and the first thing they instantly <laughs> oh, invent, they build a robot to do it instantly. So, and by partnering them up and pairing them with testers, you get, you end up with the best of both worlds. You end up with that yeah. real high quality output in a, in a very efficient and effective way, even though at the start it feels very inefficient often because you're like, well, I'm just much better at this. If you just wait, well, hang on a minute, are you? Yeah, so it's an interesting thing. So it sounds like lots of exciting things on the horizon for Simply Health and, uh, and your work there. That sounds, sounds awesome. Um, so thank you for today. We've, we've, we've reached our, our time box, uh, which is obviously very important in Scrum. So we try to keep to that. Um, so thank you for sharing your journey with us, Helen. Uh, it's been really, really interesting. Really appreciate you taking the time out of the day to get on this podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been lovely. <laughs> okay, everybody. Today on the Scrum.org Community Podcast, we had Helen Swift from Simply Health, a UK-based health solution provider. And um, Helen shared with us her journey around the use of Scrum with Kanban. Look, you know, many people think that you're either the, a scrum camp or a Kanban camp, but I think what Helen showed today was the two work perfectly together. And when you use these two approaches together, you end up having the best of both worlds. So um, it's definitely worth something exploring. Um, thanks for listening today.
This is your host, Dave West, uh, here on the Scrum.org Community Podcast, wishing you a, a great day and Scrum on. Bye-bye.